1: That's the way we like it. We like it. Oh, no. And that's the way we like it. Uh, no.
2: <laughs> now,
1: <laughs> like it. We like it. We like it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is the We Are Going Up podcast. We've got the Football League covered. We are going up on the road.
3: Welcome to passengers, board the train. Kings Cross.
2: You are on the five minutes' service to Peterborough. Five to eleven fifty-five. Bring em, three pounds. We're raising money for the village playgroup, which is a local charity in Warrington.
0: <laughs> a half-time draw, fifty p.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 149 of We Are Going Up. As we record, it is Saturday, February the 28th, 2015. I'm Mark Crossy, David Cameron Walker is alongside me as ever. And as is customary on these live editions DC, I'm going to leave it to you to
2: describe where we are. We are at the Abax. Abax? tomato, tomato. <laughs> the Abbeck Stadium uh, aka London Road the home of Peterborough United So you might remember we did a draw on the show a few weeks ago a totally random draw, you will have heard it about
1: four or five episodes back to go to a random Football League fixture, you've booked the day off work for this, we could have gone to Carlisle we could have gone to Shrewsbury, we could have gone to practically anywhere yep. and we ended up at pretty much the plum tie of the weekend because of the news DC that sort
2: of envelops these two clubs at the minute. Absolutely uh, Darren Ferguson's time at uh, Second spell at Peterborough United came to an end last week when he was sacked along with his coaching staff. Um, to their manager list now. Uh, and of course, Bradford City. Next weekend's the big one for them. A home tie in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup against Reading. They could be back at Wembley again. And they're going well in the league. So uh, a fascinating fixture today.
1: Indeed. So let's start with Peterborough then. Less than a year after winning the Johnson's Paint Trophy at Wembley. And despite having three promotions at the club already behind him, this week finally saw the end for Darren Ferguson. He was sacked after last Saturday's 3 0 defeat at MK Dons, which leaves the posh down in a lowly 15th place in Skyburn league one uh, the chairman Darren McAntony called Ferguson one of the finest managers in our club's history but said that change was needed coming up you're going to hear the views of 80 moles from the Peterborough Independent Supporters
3: Association on Ferguson sacking I, I, I got a horrible feeling and he would probably deny it but I think he lost his way after Palace I mean we go down with like two minutes of the season left because we've gone for it you know we're, we're drawing a draw's fine and we've gone for the win and and I think it just it demoralised the football club also on the way you get. Going to hear the views of Jamie
4: Jones, host of the Standing on the Glebe podcast. You know, I don't think anyone can blame Peter United or Dara for, for making the change. He's given Fergie every possible chance, to put it right, um, and now is, now is the time to, to try something different. Whether that'll work or not, hey, we, we don't know, but it is time to try that, definitely. Also on the way, we're going to hear from John Verrill, who's written for the Guardian shoot and World
5: Soccer, and is a huge Peterborough fan. To be honest, for a squad that's cost us £6 million, it's been a disaster this year to be 15th in League One, to be outplayed by teams that are made up of free agents and it's been shocking, it really has been abysmal the style of football's not been there, no entertainment value, and it just felt the whole place needed a freshen up.
1: And also we'll hear who Peterborough fans want as their next manager.
6: The um, current Bentford manager, Warbur- Warburton is it, yeah, he's done a really good job by them Probably Keith Hill from Rochdale or Alexander
1: from Fleetwood would be good managers. Harry Redknapp's for you, I think, is not he? So... Are you okay to arrange for the helicopter to come down from Sandbags? <laughs> yeah. As for Bradford City, well, it's all about next Saturday lunchtime for them, really. A third Wembley Appearance in just three years beckons that's if they can defeat Reading in that FA Cup quarterfinal at Valley Parade remember they've already knocked out Chelsea and Sunderland this season and DC sometimes people say that the Cup can be a distraction for a club to what's going on in the league but they just seem to thrive on it Bradford don't they they're in sixth spot in the league at the minute
2: it's remarkable how they keep doing it I mean and this Cup run I think is arguably better even though they got, you know, they did get to Wembley in the last one, they're not there yet. But I think already this one is better than perhaps in the last one, beating Chelsea. You know, who have been dominant in the Premier League this season, beating Sunderland, and now they have Reading. It won't be an easy game, you know, because Reading don't have anything else to play for really. The FA Cup, you know, for them, it's all it's about. The rest of the season is all about the FA Cup for them, I suppose. So it's a big match for Reading as well. You wouldn't bet against Bradford, would you? You just wouldn't bet against it. Those players are just full of confidence and they must go into that match thinking, oh, we can do this. We can get to Embley again. On the way then, we're going
1: to hear from Simon Parker, Bradford City reporter
7: from The Telegraph and Argus, on another incredible season to be covering the Bantams. These cup runs come along every now and again, do not they? Yeah, it's um, it's a bit surreal at the moment. You know, uh, just as it was two years ago, it just seemed to be going and going and going and it's you know i think most people sort of pinch themselves and think that was a once in a lifetime and it's happening again you'll also hear from some of the traveling bradford
1: fans here outside london road who as expected are full of praise for their club and in particular their manager
6: it's been unbelievable i mean after capital one cup final and uh, semi-finals we're just doing it all again two seasons ago was an absolute dream um, after 10 years of hell watching Bradford City. and uh, But this year's been fabulous. It's the manager, really, I think. Um, people want to play for Phil Parkinson.
1: So that's all on the way. Are you ready to go inside? We've got your little media pass. You've got your drinks voucher. I'm ready, yeah. I've never been to London
2: Road before and I'm looking forward to it. And we've just had a photo. We'll quickly get this in before we start with none other than... I didn't know what his name was approaching it, but then and then the uh, the club mascot, a customary shot with a club mascot. I turned around as it, after we'd had our photo, and it, it turns out his name is Peter Burrow. Yes, he's a rabbit, a giant rabbit with a carrot. Pictures online right now. Right, let's go inside. Here we go. We are going up live
1: so we've moved inside the A-back stadium and we're in the press box quite a good view actually there is a pole to the left which is nearly blocking one of the goals but we're alright it's not a massively full press box uh, the country's media uh, not exactly enticed to come down for this uh, league one game even if there is a bit of a story surrounding it uh, but DC isn't worried about that he's more interested in the Peterborough keep ball session which is going on in front of us you've been chuckling away to yourself what's the reason
2: well I just noticed that there's a player just on the touchline here near to where we are in a great- Green bib, and he's got tracksuit bottoms on, so I can't see his numbers. I don't know who he is, basically, forgive my ignorance. Um, But he's absolutely tiny were it not for the fact that he's got a full beard I think he was a you know member of the under 14s he's absolutely miniature
1: he does look like a bit of a competition winner
2: but he looks good though they're playing a bit of keep ball at the moment and um, he seems to be doing quite a good job of it first um, impressions of the ABAC stadium it's a bit of a mixture of the old and new isn't it You've... well
1: that's the new stand away to our left which is just opened this season yeah. um, where the old kind of uh, away fans used to be in the terrace behind the goal that's been knocked down
2: and the the, sta- the, the stand that we're in um, just in front of of the press box you've got racks and racks and racks of wooden seats with iron sort of frames real real hark back to the old days and then just to our to our right there is still a a terrace with the old bars to lean on Um,
1: yeah we're at the opposite side from the TV cameras if that makes uh, sense to you as you watch the football league show we should start by talking about uh, Peterborough United uh, DC the 38th managerial sacking in the football league uh, this season Darren Ferguson there's been one since then actually with Lee Johnson leaving Oldham but we'll talk a bit about that that later. Uh, the Posh have won just one of their last five games in the league and um, they've lost seven games at home already this season they were hammered at MK Dons they're down in 15th it has just been a bit of a nightmare uh, this season Darren McCantony has made a brave decision um, just looking at it from the outside does it feel the right time perhaps for a, a,
2: a restart a refresh? I think so I think it is the right time I, I, it has been interesting to see some of the opinion like coming out from the local press and some of the fans on Twitter and and even even the chairman the coaches and players themselves there's been a lot of the, the players have got a lot of flack and some of them have been apologising to, to Ferguson saying we let you down but ultimately I mean as ever the Bucks does stop with the manager and it, and it seems to me like there's been a bit of a gradual decline for quite some time now this is not the Peterborough United of a few seasons ago when old Jim Knight was telling us to put your mortgage on there being over 3.5 goals every match <laughs> the, the, the excitement who <laughs> Exactly. The excitement seems to have gone a little before the game today. We took a trip down
1: to Ebenezer's, which is the home of PISA 2000, the Peterborough United Independent Supporters Association. And we were joined by the chairman, A.D. Moles. And i started by asking A.D. if it was time for Darren Ferguson to go. Uh,
3: yeah, I think it was really. And I, I say that with a heavy heart because he's been very good for us as a football club. And more importantly for me, for PISA, he's been absolutely brilliant. Come to loads of our events, been very supportive. And yeah, sad times. Um, but sometimes it would be better for, for him, his family and importantly the football club. I, I, I got a horrible feeling and he would probably deny it but I think he lost his way after Palace, I mean we go down with like two minutes of the season left because we've gone for it, you know we're drawing, a draw's fine and we've gone for the win and and I think it just it demoralised the football club as a whole and I certainly haven't recovered I'm still emotionally bereft by it and um, a lot of fans are and I, I think he is and I think we sold one player too many um, Asa Belonga was was, um, was on fire you know we, we sold Dwight Gale and we got Britain and that was incredible bit of luck and he hit the ground running and it was amazing and, and he made all the difference and then when we sold him we, we've just not recovered from that at all you can't replace a 30 goal a season player every single time and we did it for four years on the trot in the end the, the, the bag is empty isn't it
2: as many clubs the size of Peterborough are kind of a victim of your own success, really, aren't you? You've had, you know, had that wonderful spell under under Ferguson with, with McAntony as well, buying those players, getting up to the championship. You know, relegated twice from the championship, and it feels that like you're just not there. You take the the, the, the leap to becoming a sustainable, steady championship club is just a little bit beyond you financially. You know, the, the crowds and the infrastructure of the club is just not quite there. You can get up there for a season or two, but it takes a big effort to stay there, and it's kind of because of the success Ferguson's had, he's had to go but it's going to be hard really for any manager to come in and really take it on further than what Ferguson did
3: Yeah, I'm I of the generation that wouldn't even dream of division one football so to get in the championship was just like getting in the premier and and to be honest like a lot of football fans outside the premiership you worry about getting into the premiership because if you did could you afford to go you know would you be able to substantiate the whole thing but the difference between the premier and the championship is your football club is sorted for life or should be if you get in the prem the championship is is a paltry four million it's neither here nor there you spend that again on on your players salaries because that's they are all going to come knocking on your door Uh, we have got without doubt in my opinion the best chairman in the football league yes he likes to interfere when you put the money he's put in I think you're perfectly entitled to yes it's pretty well known that he's advised various managers of different players but I don't think he insists that they sign them. I think he just gives them a heads up a manager that comes in is going to have to work with that pressure if that's the word not everybody's going to like it Gary Johnson hated it he had a horrendous relationship with Dara and he went and he got Fergie back in he gets what he wants he's a young man he's a very very wealthy man despite things not being as good as he would like them to be he would love to see the club as a permanent set up in the championship so would I there was a generation of posh fans a hell of a lot younger than me who only remember success and they were the most vociferous ones about Fergie leaving in many ways because they don't understand that it's a cyclical thing football a new manager coming in to get us in a championship would have so much pressure on him to keep us up he's got to accept that the gates are not going to improve massively because it's just not that sort of town for varying reasons and the chairman will back him with every penny that he's got but as I say there's clubs come down from the premiership and there's ex-premiership teams that are three years out still getting massive parachute payments so it's not a it's not a fair um, system as you know but anybody who comes in is going to have to work under whatever Dara's um, rules are and they will be groomer player getting mega selling for lots of money
1: So that was AD Moles chairman of PISA 2000 the Peterborough Independent Supporters Association and It's funny doing this podcast, there do seem to be Football League chairman that we mention a lot more than others, if you know what I mean, and Darren McAntony is one of those who is probably one of the most well-known, really, Football League chairman, but one thing you can certainly not put against him is that he doesn't care, because he is—he lays it all on the block, doesn't he?
2: Yeah, he's honest, I think, and that's the thing, really, I do think we need to to applaud, because so many times we speak to fans, and then if there are times of confusion or times of, of trouble at football clubs, the worst... Thing is, when fans don't know really what's going on, and that you know that leads to speculation, that leads to rumours. And I think with McEntany, he's always honest. He puts it out there, and you know, often you'll hear news straight from the horse's mouth. So there's you know whether it be good, whether it be bad, whether you disagree with it or not as a fan, at least you know exactly what's going on. And he's you know he's a man that has put a hell of a lot of money into Peterborough United, and obviously cares a great deal about the club. And you know, he's ultimately bar you know a few hiccups. Cups along the way, they've had a, probably the best time in their history under him, haven't they? Really, they've been they've had a great uh, last sort of five, six, seven years under him, and you know I think you know he's been brilliant for the football club. All things said,
1: well, we also caught up with uh, one of our regular listeners and a big Peterborough fan who was down in Ebenezer's as well, uh, who had some uh, opinions on what's been a, a difficult week to support this
0: football club. It's Paul Myland. It had been coming for a little while, and really it could have happened at any time in the last three months, um, but yes. It came as a shock, nonetheless, and a little bit sorry that he's gone. Because, as I said, you know we've had so many good times with him, you know, three promotions, the Johnsons Payne Trophy. We've seen countless good players come into the club, and you know get sold as well. You know, so it's it's sad to see him go. But the club needed to move on, and I think so did he. What has
1: been the difference in this second spell at the club? to when he was at the club first time and had so much success. I know you won the JPT last year, but it hasn't gone as well in the last couple of years.
0: Well, the obvious thing is um, less funding. You know, without wanting to call Darren McCanton's finances into question, he's not been able to put as much money into the club this time. You know, when he first came along, you know, there was various vehicles he had for getting money into the club and he was buying the best the best players around, you know, and the best players because hopeful in the fourth division as as it was then. And this time around we've been selling players a lot as well. There's a player sold every transfer window for about four years up until the recent one and inevitably that does have an impact on the team you'll see the crowd today you know we're getting we'll probably get maybe 6,000 this afternoon you have to bear in mind there's 4,000 season ticket holders so there isn't a great deal of cash flow going into the club Um, so probably more than we've hoped for we are maybe leading a little bit of a week-to-week existence at times you know as you've mentioned there Peterborough have got a a, a great reputation over the last however many
2: five six years or whatever of getting players from the lower leagues and then having success bringing them through the leagues and then selling them on and then a lot of those players have gone on to achieve you know uh, good things and play at higher levels even though some have eventually come back but and I suppose having a model like that it's, it's a sensible one to have for a club like Peterborough but it it, by its nature, it can be hit and miss. Not every player you buy from the low leagues is going to be as good as George Boyd, as Macal Smith, as as McLean, you know, and all, as Asan Belonger, and these players that he sold for big money. So, you know, the Luke James, you know, signing from from Hartlepool, like I don't think he's done too well so far from what I've seen. And there are going to be failures as well as successes with that sort of model. And it's kind of there's a natural kind of you know variance in in that
0: system. Yeah, I mean, it is. You could say it's almost a self defeating system in that we are we have become very reliant on selling the players but that's not to say we haven't got some good potential in this squad right now I mean Marcus Madison he's standing he's, he was outstanding when he first signed for us and he got a bad injury and he's not really come back from it since I mean whether we tried to get him back into the team too early I'm not sure um, but you mentioned Luke James I mean recently he has been playing very well it's just that the goals are not coming but if he had a partner alongside him who could score the goals we'd really see the best of him because there's many many chances that he sets up but we just haven't got somebody at the moment who can convert them okay and I guess the final question is you need a new manager you're obviously sat here with other Peterborough fans I'm sure you've been chatting about it what's the feeling Um, a lot of people are concerned it could be Steve Evans Um, he's not the most popular man around Peterborough we know too much about him with him being a local person I mean and all the things that happened at Boston as well and how close he took them to the brink with what he did but nevertheless you know, you can't argue with his record since then. You know, he got Crawley into the league and promoted again. Two promotions at bother It's going to be interesting to see what happens with them this afternoon because they've got a massive game against Millwall. But there's a little bit of me thinking that if they lose, he could resign, and if he resigns, he could be here in no time.
4: Hi, I'm Jamie Jones. I'm the host of the unofficial Posh Fans podcast, Standing on the Glebe. We've been going for about just shy of 100 episodes, four years. So we've seen Fergie in his first time. Then, when we had to put up with Gary Johnson and Mark Cooper, people like that, Fergie back again, and now obviously he's gone again. I genuinely think that Posh Fans have done brilliantly not, not to turn on the team. I think anywhere else, um, he would probably have been hounded out long, long ago. But we respect what he'd done um, in the main. The atmosphere has just been been pretty dire. The crowds are are falling away, and it's just no excitement at all. Even the games that we've won, you know, we beat Yeovil about six weeks ago at home, one nil. is one of the worst games of football I've ever seen. There, there's just no spark at all. And sometimes, you know, I don't think anyone can blame Peter United or Dara for, for making the change. He's given Fergie every possible chance to put it right, um, and now is now is the time to to try something different. Whether that Work or not, hey, we, we don't know, but it is time to try that definitely.
2: Last time Dan Ferguson left the club. <laughs> the replacements uh, you know didn't didn't go very well obviously Mark Cooper Jim Gannon and uh, Gary Johnson all had quite short spells before McAnthony decided to go back to, to Ferguson and does that worry you slightly that about you know when, when it comes to McAnthony choosing the next, the next person because you can't afford to have another you know disastrous spell of appointments like that
4: I think um, that spell of appointments as you said really hurt Dara um, I've interviewed him a couple of times for our podcast and what he kept reiterating was he would never do that again and I think it's because of that period that Fergie has stayed so long this time. I think anyone else who would probably look to have gone around Christmas but Darrow was still so scarred by that that he's looked to carry on. I think now he really will take his time. I'm sure he would love to get in, into the playoffs this year but I don't think we're good enough personally. I don't think that will happen whoever you brought in now. It's a case of getting some more games into the younger players uh, for the rest of the season and then really thinking about who that appointment's going to be but I, I don't think he'll be rushed at all what he's done is, is you know, look to, to bring in an interim team that know the club, that are passionate about the club. Grant McCann's come back from Linfield to be assistant manager and with, with Aaron McLean um, backing up as well. So I think he will definitely take his time. This season's not over for us, but, I mean, today, you know, it's an extremely hard game against Bradford. I'm not sure we'll see much of a bounce today, unfortunately, and we've still got some tough games left. And in terms of the next
1: manager, um,
4: personally, who would you like to see given the job? me personally I'd like to see Steve Davis from Crew. I think he's doing a great job at a small club um, you know keeping them in this division obviously they had success in the JPT and he plays football the right way whether we could persuade him to move I don't know that kind of person I do wonder whether Dara looks at, at Justin Edinburgh and thinks maybe if I'd shifted Fergie out six weeks earlier you know we could have done that if not I do wonder if it, if it goes well um, whether he might give it to Grant McCann in the summer I think that's the the kind of the possible club bet but yeah I think there's lots of different people I I really hope it's not Steve Evans really genuinely I'm not going to be an idiot and say I won't go because obviously I will I've been going for 30 odd years but that is not something I'd like to see happen at this football club I don't think any football club wants to see Barry Fry and Steve Evans together (laughs) in one place So that was Jamie Jones who we've had on the show before
1: host of the Standing on the Glebe podcast and we've been trying to work out what the Glebe is and we think it's that stand
2: over there Yeah the big one opposite us it's got all the director's oxygen but I actually thought I thought it before this that it was uh, one of the terrorist stands you know standing and all but um, maybe not OK well we're going to hear now from uh, speaking of someone who's been on the show before would you
1: say a long time a long term uh, wagyu is that a thing well uh, i say a Wagyu stalwart that's the, that's the one yeah um, John He was on one of our first ever shows back in 2011 a big Peterborough United fan and he's written for the likes of the Guardian uh, and World Soccer Shoot as well uh, we met John before kickoff and I started by asking him about Darren Ferguson's departure and he had strong views on his sacking.
5: I'm not disappointed to see him leave. I'm disappointed that it ended this way because uh, I mean, I think everyone around Peterborough fondly remembers Fergie who's been a great manager for the club but it was a decision that should have been made a long, long time ago. I think it should have happened in the summer. This season's been wasted. Now it's all gone. The whole club just felt, felt stale under his leadership. We've been going backwards for well, in terms of league positions for three seasons running now. Um, to be honest for a squad that's cost us £6 million it's been a disaster this year to be 15th in League 1 to be outplayed by teams that are made up of free agents and it's been shocking. It really has been abysmal. The style of football's not been there. No entertainment value. And it just felt the whole place needed a freshen up. We, we had to do it. It had to be made, the decision, as much as I think McAntony didn't want to make it. In terms of putting the finger on exactly where it went wrong, it's really hard to say because I think we've got a lot of quality in our squad. I think if you look at the individual players, we've got a good team for League One level. We should at least be competing for the playoffs. The tactics have just been just been baffling at times Fergie's been playing players out of position we've had centre midfielders playing at right back our right wingers has been playing right wing back at times it's just it's just been really frustrating season but it's very very hard just to say this is exactly where it went wrong because
2: Fergie's a good manager and we all know that So, I suppose, you know, where next? You know, you've got Dave Robertson and and a few of the coaches in charge now to the end of the season. Grant McCann's come back to help out on the coaching. McLean's helping out on the coaching as well. But but are you happy to sort of let the situation persist till the end of the season and just, you know, start again in the summer? Or do you think you need a fresh impetus with a new man in charge now? Well, for me, I know it's only four
5: points we are off the playoffs, but I, I don't think we can go up this season. So, I don't think there's any real urgency about the appointment. I think we need to take our time. I think we need to get it right. Personally, myself, I want to see someone come in with fresh ideas, with sort of a bit of innovation that you can see on the pitch. I'd love to see sort of a Warburton or a Rosler, but I know they're ambitious targets, very ambitious targets, because they'll probably get championship jobs. But that's the style of manager I want. I know we're linked with sort of Evans and I don't think is too... To, wants a tactician too much I don't think he wants that sort of almost a continental type approach he said himself he wants a British manager so I think we're going to get a motivator which in a sense is what Ferguson was I mean for all his strengths his weakness was his tactical acumen and, and I'm a bit worried that we could end up with someone like Steve Evans who I, who I just don't think is right for Peterborough we're a club that develops young players we, we want to implement them into a system I think we need a strategist and someone that will have a long term vision for the club so that's, that's who I would like to see
1: you're listening to We Are Going Up, recorded live at the ABAC Stadium, uh, London Road, League One, Peterborough against Bradford. That was John Verrill with his thoughts on who he'd like the new posh manager to be. He was very keen for it not to be Steve Evans and we decided to do a little straw poll, didn't we, outside. Um, get some thoughts from uh, the Peterborough fans. We've obviously had a lot of anti-Steve Evans uh, thoughts already, but um, we thought it'd be a good idea to do a little poll outside.
2: Yeah, exactly. And it's easy to look at, say, the bookies' odds and, and kind of take that as your... As your source of information as to who will be the next manager, but the most important thing really is who do the fans want. I mean, it looks like Steve Evans is one of the front runners, but as you may be about to hear, that opinion, you know, isn't necessarily welcomed or that news isn't welcomed by, by the fans. And there were some interesting suggestions, the ones that I probably wouldn't have considered before speaking to the fans.
7: Don't want Steve Evans. No. Um no way. Dave Robson would be brilliant if it's if it works out for him. If not, probably Keith Hill from Rochdale or Alexander from Fleet would be good managers.
6: Grant McCann till the end of the season. bit of confidence in the team. The um, current Bentford manager, Warbert, Warburton, is it? Yeah, he's done a really good job by them. They've thrown him out the door with not, not a thanks,
2: so we'll have him. Uh, one name that has been linked quite heavily with the job is Steve Evans. Uh, what would you think about him?
8: Not a chance. <laughs> not a chance in hell, no. I think I'd prefer the, the, the one who's just left Villa. Paul Lambert. Paul Lambert, Paul Lambert yeah. I think he would. He, I think he would be ideal for the club. Bearing in mind he went to Colchester and then he went to Norwich, Norwich didn't he? So he's had experience in the lower leagues, and I think he would be uh, be ideal for this club.
2: We just had our first shot for Harry Redknapp over there, <laughs> haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Harry Redknapp's free, I think, isn't he? So, are
1: you okay to arrange for the helicopter to come down from Sandbags? yeah. <laughs> Somehow, I can't see Harry Redknapp rushing to take over the Peterborough United job, if I'm honest.
2: Next, we're going to probably get on well with Darren McAntony, though. That's true. You can see them being a good fit. That's true.
1: Uh, next, we're going to switch our attention to the visitors, um, who at the start of play today lie sixth in the League One table. They're inside those all-important playoff spots, plus they're yet again on the brink of a trip to Wembley for a potential FA Cup semi-final a third tier team in an FA Cup semi-final the Bantams are back at it more on Bradford next we are going up on the road we've got the Football League covered So we're around about 10 minutes away from kickoff here at London Road and we thought we'd switch our attention to the visitors. It's been another amazing year to be following Bradford City uh, with that incredible win at Stamford Bridge in the FA Cup. They've also knocked out Millwall and of course they knocked out Sunderland in the last round. They beat Leeds in the League Cup earlier in the season. Uh, they finished 11th in League One last year. They're in sixth at the minute so they're steadily progressing and it's all about next Saturday the early kickoff, lunchtime kickoff, Bradford against Reading. We're going to have a Football League side in an FA Cup semi-final and DC, do you think it will be Bradford? They've got the momentum.
2: It'd be hard to back against them just given how good they've been in the Cups this season and the last few years. They're going to be confident, I'm sure. The crucial thing is for them, I think, is that they're at home. I think it would be a very difficult game for Reading. But let's not forget that Reading are a team at a league above Bradford. They are a team... We have got, you know... To players, I'd say, you know, for the uh, man for man in the squad than Bradford. You know, they've got someone like y- Yakubu who's just come back to English football and you know he's scored 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 goals already. And you know, they've got a new manager, Steve Clark, who not not long taken over at Reading, who's, who's you know lifted it a little bit. But I think it, importantly, maybe to consider in terms of Reading is that they don't they're not going to get in the playoffs. I don't think they're going to go down. So they, they can really put everything they've got into this match against Bradford. Whereas Bradford do have a league campaign on their minds, where they're looking to get into the playoffs. They've probably got a, you know, more stretched squad-wise I think than Reading in terms of the number of games they'll have to play, so that comes into it. But I would back Bradford. I, I just think that they will have the confidence and their momentum, and I think that home crowd will be packed at Valley Parade. They'll be roaring the team on, and I, I think it'll be a really tough game for Reading. I think it'll be close, but I would back Bradford. Yes.
1: I'm quite looking forward to watching Bradford. We obviously we've seen them on TV in the big games, but I'm looking forward to seeing how they go on in the league here today. And we thought we'd get a view on this current Bradford City side. And their chances of achieving another memorable conclusion uh, to a season just a couple of years on from the promotion and league cup final and to do that we caught up with a man who watches
7: them week in week out hi i'm simon parker the bradford telegraph and argus bradford city reporter
1: and simon it's been another incredible season to be covering bradford i
7: guess uh, yeah these cup runs come along every now and again don't they? yeah it's um, it's a bit surreal at the moment you know it's uh, just as it was two years ago it just seemed to be keep going and going and going and it's you know I think most people sort of pinch themselves and think that was a once in a lifetime and it's happening again and quite often when teams do so well in the cup it can often distract them from the league but it seems to have actually helped Bradford's league form because they're in the playoff places at the minute well it has yeah I mean the last couple of games they've stuttered a little bit because they've had a few knocks I think the, the, the one problem they've got obviously is the rearranged games being shoved in now They've got eight games in March and it's, it's quite hectic. And obviously you're getting these knocks and inevitably losing people. But, but in terms of momentum, yeah, they, they've been playing very well. And, you know, sort of the, the winning breeds confidence and the games they've been playing. I mean, there was, you know, Chelsea was just, speaks for itself. But, you know, they were excellent against Sunderland as well and well-deserved that. And they sort of carried that form into the league. I mean, I think they went to Lake Orient three days later, which was seen as a bit of a banana skin, given it was a bit of a come down after after the Sunday. And, and, and they were tremendous that night. So, yeah, you know, I think they've sort of got that winning habit at the moment. Is there any danger that there might be, a, you know, having beaten Chelsea,
2: they've beaten Arsenal, beaten Aston Villa... Is there any danger of taking Reading a little bit too lightly and thinking, oh, well, lads, we've, you know, we've beaten the big boys, it's only Reading, and then coming unstuck?
7: I think that is the danger. I mean, before the draw was made, everyone wanted a home draw. And then everyone wanted a championship team. So to get, you know, it was the the perfect combination in terms of the tie they wanted. They wanted to avoid a big boy, you know, because you're now within touching distance of Wembley semi-final. You you want, you know, arguably the best route to get there. But yeah, there there is that. I mean, a few supporters inevitably sort of start thinking that. But I mean, you know, it's been one of those things where the the official club line has been, you know, we're keeping our feet on the ground. And and to be fair, Phil Parkinson is very good at that, at keeping people sort of on, on the level. And bearing in mind also his massive connection with Reading, you know, it's his special club. You know, he knows the importance of getting that result and there's no way he's going to let anyone think you know, go out there with a the sort of head in the stars, already thinking about the next round when they haven't done this one. And what about this
1: game today? Uh, we've not seen Bradford live um, this season, so who are the sort of standout players? Obviously, when Naki Wells left, everyone looked at that and thought it's been very difficult to replace someone who scored that amount of goals, but they seem to have done it
7: quite well and they've been very good on the road this season. Yeah, they have. I mean, they won seven away games, which is you know, it's, I mean, midweek was only their fourth away defeat, so they're, they're away points. I mean, at the moment, it's interesting because obviously they've missed James Hanson for the last couple of games and he's been in fantastic form. I mean, I'm trying to sort of see if he. If he he's here today then you know if he's available it'd be a massive lift I mean John Stead has come in on loan from Huddersfield and been excellent you know he, he's, he's he's been there and done it he admits he's probably had too many clubs and he's sort of trying to you know find one of his own and sort of nail nail it down a bit more and it, he's been so consistent and he's sort of brought out the best in Hansen and those around him I mean his hold-up play has been superb and you know a lot of it's been built on those two because you know they're, they're well you saw what they did against Chelsea they, they gave Chelsea all sorts of nightmares and you know that's what they're capable of
1: so that was Simon Parker Bradford City reporter for the Bradford Telegraph and Argus you can hear a bit of right here right now Fatboy Slim blaring out the teams are due out on the field here any second uh, but a short time ago we um, we sort of uh, wandered around to the away end here at London Road and spoke to some away fans uh, the Bradford fans as ever down here in their numbers today and we asked them just what it's been like to be following the Bantams in Another memorable season.
6: Yeah, it's, it's been unbelievable. I mean, after Capital One Cup final and uh, semi-finals, we're, we're just doing it all again. Really, we, you know, we FA Cup, and it's we just can't believe it. You know, it's we're in shock.
2: A, it's almost a bit run of the mill, though, isn't it for you these days? <laughs> uh, Are you used to it?
6: <laughs> yeah, well, we, we're so used to Wembley now; it's like a second home. At the current time, it's probably the, the best it's been since the Premier League day. So um, the league is taking a bit of a dip at the moment, but. With uh, Reading at home on Saturday, um, could be back at Wembley again. Obviously, two seasons ago was an absolute dream. Um, after 10 years of hell watching Bradford City. and uh, But this year has been fabulous. I mean, beating Leeds was, we thought, going to be one of the high watermarks of the season. But obviously then uh, the Chelsea game and Sunderland. And in fact, Millwall before that, we murdered Millwall at Bradford. So that was also a big game. And uh, and they're doing better than we ever expected in the league. So being in the top six is great at the moment.
2: Yeah, and that's what I wanted to ask you about, really. This, the cup run is amazing it's a, you know everyone's a repeat almost of you know better really you know, the FA Cup's more prestigious than the League Cup and you've, you've beaten the League leaders so it's an amazing cup run again but we wanted the League leaders <laughs> <way>. <laughs> yeah. you did yeah um, but uh, what, what I mean is, is you could be in the Championship next season you know almost unexpectedly you're doing really well in the League you're into the playoffs and it, you know, Bradford are a club, obviously they've been in the Premier League and the ambition has got to be
6: to get back as high as you can and you know, get back into the Championship first of all. Yeah, I think um, it's a measured approach for Bradford because um, it's probably fairly well documented, although I'm not sure every football fan up and down the country will understand it. But after Bradford fell out of the Premier League, They suffered seriously from the financial collapse of um, ITV Digital. There wasn't the parachute payment money that um, cushions clubs who dropped down from the Premier League nowadays. Um, And they almost went out of business. And I think a lot of long uh, support, you know, fans who supported the club for a long time recognise that you have to build back from the brink, as it were, slowly and carefully and steadily. And uh, so I think it's, it's, um, it may be a step too far for Bradford City this season to go up into the championship. I think everybody would love it if we did but Parkinson is building a squad he's building um, you know he's helping to rebuild the club and I think um, you know if we finished in the playoffs but didn't go up this season not many people would be terribly disappointed about that.
1: Is there a big difference between the squad of a couple of years ago and the current squad you've got is it you know have you made big improvements to sort of be where you are now sixth in league one with a chance of
6: getting into the championship? Uh, I think this season's squad is a better to be honest it's more depth but it's the manager really I think um, people want to play for Phil Parkinson it's the uh, kind of trademark of a Phil Parkinson team almost really he builds team spirit he tries to get the right sort of players into the club players who will not only not only bust a gut for the shirt but will be team players and I think that's the the team ethic that you see um, is, is what has uh, been the uh, the bedrock of the success of the team over um, the last two or three seasons since Phil Parkinson and Steve Parkinson came in. I've
1: actually got a question for all of you. If you could only go to Wembley once this season, either in a playoff final or an FA Cup semi-final, which would you
6: choose? Oh, gosh, that's really hard. Is that that's really hard.
2: I'd pick I'd pick
9: playoff because we get to go championship and I think be FA better. Cup every
6: Yeah, the champion, the league is more important, you know, and everything we've done in the cups been a bonus. I would go for the FA Cup. We could beat anyone on our day and maybe another year in this league and just build on that the league definitely definitely the league Uh, yeah it's alright getting the financial benefits of the cup but the league's the bread and butter isn't it no I think for me anyway an FA Cup semi-final it would be historic again I don't know how many league one teams have actually got to an FA Cup semi-final and obviously then we're one game away from a final
1: so those were the Bradford City fans talking to us outside the ground the players are out on the field we're ready to go DC quickly before we, we get going who the hell is that in the centre circle
2: Oh, that is. Um, I think that's like Mick George, is it? One of the one of the sponsors, like the local kind of buildings. It's like Bob the Builder. Yeah, Bob the
1: Builder and a, rab- a giant rabbit with a carrot out on the field at the minute. Uh, Peter players coming into the half just in front of us. The Bradford players moving away to the left. All the action from Sky Bet League One. Peterborough United against Bradford City. The We Are Going Up commentary is on the way next. Stay there. It's life.
6: time to do something great together. Join Men United and help beat prostate cancer. Search Men United now. We are going up. Live.
2: Interesting thing on that side, on the uh, on the Glebe stand, is that there are no advertising hoardings at the front of this stand. So like the first row of seats, uh, you're, you're pretty much like you're on the touchline. That is weird, yeah. Can I also say, by the way,
1: that um, a lot of uh, home grains, there isn't much of an atmosphere from the home fans to begin with, but the Peterborough fans straight behind their team.
2: Yeah, very loud. A, I think there's got a, someone's got a drum in there. On, on, I think maybe that's perhaps to do with the fact that they're on the terraces. You know, that when you're standing up, you are always a little bit more into it, and rather than just sitting on your hands and politely clapping along, and um, giving their team strong backing in the early stages.
1: Good run by uh, Oliver Burke for Bradford. He's uh, on the edge of the area, dispossessed. Good- Tackle by Michael Boswick um, We should say actually This isn't the our first game of the week We've gone to together Because on Tuesday night I, um, I went to the Vic for the first time Vicarage Road Indeed Did you enjoy Two it? Two new grounds this week Yeah I went with you to watch Watford against Rotherham um, In the Championship Comfortable victory for, uh, for Watford But the news is
2: I was in the rookery end You were in the rookery end um, And it was a good win for us in the end. We didn't actually play that play that well, really, but Rotherham gifted us three goals. They
1: really did as well. Some shocking defending from Rotherham.
2: Yeah, and we, we gladly took them. Uh, and we sort of we we came into a bit more once we were a few goals up. We started playing playing our football and trying to try and take them apart. And we had a few chances to make it more than three in the end. But... Can
1: I can I just say my favourite bit um, was the chant that you've got for uh, your new hero? igalo Oh! I actually recorded a little bit of audio. I'm going to try and play in a little bit of audio. If this works, you're now going to hear the audio of the Watford fans celebrating Igolo's goal from the other night. <laughs> Chance for Bradford to break. John Stead. oh, it's not the greatest ball. <laughs>
2: Oh, it wasn't the greatest ball, I'll give me that. But also, Jesus Christ, John Stead. Who like it was running backwards? This is a man who's torn Sunderland and
1: Chelsea apart this season, for your information. You know,
2: and I don't think I'm doing John Stead any sort of disservice here by saying that pace isn't the number one aspect of his game.
1: <laughs> I think you're right. Nil-nil still goalless here at London Road uh, Peterborough nil Bradford nil one man who's stood out already for me though is the Bradford number 10 Billy Clark who scored five goals in his last nine games chance here actually oh just flashed wide on his left foot by Oliver Burke um, for Bradford but Billy Clark yeah five goals in his last nine games and a man you've been frantically uh, wikipedia there because he's a
2: bit of a journeyman yeah I was just checking if it was the same Billy Clark that I thought it was and it is the one and only it seems um, I've never seen him play for Ipswich against Watford Can he made it back, back in sort of two 2005, 2006 sort of time. And I remember him having a really good game against us and I was really impressed by him then as a promising young striker for Ipswich. Um, but his career, you know, he's meandered. I think it's fair to say he's been at Crawley for a bit, been at Blackpool, Brentford, Northampton, you know, loan spells here, there and everywhere. Uh, finds himself at Bradford now. And I saw, you know, that player that I saw 10 years ago, there is ability there and he, he's a decent enough player for sort of League One, League Two level and he's in, in good form at the moment.
1: We're um, we're halfway through the first half. It's goalless, but it does give us an opportunity because nothing is happening to mention the fact that we've been talking about this chant that a lot of football clubs seem to be, a lot of football fans seem to be chanting uh, at the minute. But we were meant to mention it on the show and then the whole Chelsea racism incident on the Metro in Paris happened. So we can't, it's kind of lost some of its gloss. Um, But we were in a pub last weekend when we heard like an old 60s version of it blaring out. Now, what is the the chant in question?
2: It's the we like it we're Watford we're Watford and that's the way we like it we like it we like it whoa 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 Etc. Et yeah, um, but we heard like an old soul song. It, it was like an old sort of 50s, 60s kind of girl group, like Phil Spector-esque kind of girl group, sort of with the Ronettes or something. Um, uh, you know, which is, which is certainly not where I expected this uh, this chant and this uh, tune to have originated from. But I should have got me Shazam out. <laughs> you should have done. Didn't really have time to think. But
1: yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for the first sort of um, display of that this afternoon. And once we get there's plenty at, at the Vic on on Tuesday. Once we get it, I'll make sure I record it. I'm sorry, that is absolutely dreadful. Free kick from the halfway line, chipped towards John Stead, and it's just drifted aimlessly wide.
2: Not to take anything away from Bradford, because it's been really successful for them in the last few years, but it's quite clear and quite easy to work out what their sort of tactic is, isn't it? It's midfield or defender, whoever it is, whoever has the ball, and it's the first thought is pretty much always right. Where's John Stead? Can I lump it to him? <laughs> if not, lump it in the channel. <laughs>
1: Now, in other news, sorry, I've got to mention this. It seems to be the Peterborough United pretty much cheerleaders in front of us. I'm not sure if they're actual cheerleaders, but they look like they are. And there's this one guy who um, I think is a very happy man with his view right now. Would that be fair to
2: say? Yeah. He turned around. He did and just gave me a a sort of raised eyebrows, kind (laughs) of wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You know, nothing wrong with that. It's good to see a a group of young women supporting Peterborough United. Absolutely. Santos into right touch. Not like that. Oh no. He's <laughs> only bloody leads to Watford nil after half an hour. Jesus. Uh, that's no good. And the Peterborough
1: fans behind the goal find their voice a bit. I'm not really quite sure why because it's been pretty poor so far. Nil nil. And we haven't had a goalless, we are going up live special yet please lads not today not today what do you make of this pitch it seems to be cutting up a
2: bit doesn't it already yeah it's not great particularly in like the Goldmouth area and sort of the middle of the pitch yeah lots of divots um the ball we've seen a couple of passes like that, that example there when Bradford have managed to get it on the floor the rare occasion it has sort of bobbled a little bit so you can perhaps see why some of the, you know, some of the teams are going long even if it's not for tactical reasons but yeah it's not brilliant just like the game did you see the um, Charlton thing this week about the pitch God, I mean, ridiculous, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, obviously, I saw people, like the BBC put that on the, you know, before it became, before it was admitted that it was a PR stunt from, chart, you know, from chart on themselves, and, you know, when I first saw it, saw it, I thought, oh, it's got to be some sort of thing, with Paddy Powell. Oh that's a good ball. Or something. Oh, so, Bradford, clear it. It was so obviously fake. It was absolutely ridiculous. And I can't believe some people believed that there was actually a real thing. Shaking his head in disgust seen the, uh, the dress. <laughs> <laughs> Is it that dull here? The game's that bad, we're going to talk about the dress? What do you reckon? Normally, uh, it's the sort of thing I would treat with disdain, much like that chart on PR stunt, but I have to confess, I got totally taken in by right yesterday. I spent a, a good portion of my day with people at work. It was blue, blue, and thingy, mate? Well, I, well, when I first saw it, I thought blue, but then when I looked at it again, I was confused. Where have you been? I've been to get um, not a
1: sausage roll, not a pie, but a pasty. You're so in the by this game. You, you actually left before half time to go and get it, beat the rush. Oh, the ball's loose in the area there. Oh, no, it's cleared.
2: Anything happened since I've been gone? <laughs>
1: Absolutely nothing. I don't think we had any extra time there, did we? The half time whistle has just been blown and people are, let's be honest, rushing to go and get their food because absolutely nothing of note has happened in that first 45 minutes. You know when we were wandering from the train station over towards the ground, we were saying, what if we have a 5-4 or a 4-all or a 3-all? How amazing would it be? Uh, It's nil-nil. It's very
2: nil-nil as well. You finished your pie, sorry, pasty. I have. By far the best thing of that half was was my pasty. And if you'd seen the pasty, you'd realise just quite how big a statement that is. <laughs> that that was a terrible, terrible half of football from you know Peterborough but look bereft of confidence really. It was all they can do really to just clear the ball. They, the defenders seem just happy to to lump it and it, you know in the, in the in so much that it's Job done. The balls. I've not got the ball anymore. There doesn't seem to be a lot of courage from many of the many of the Peterborough players to get on the ball and try and play football. They're there at home. They should be trying to take the game to Bradford. And you know, Bradford, you know, marginally looked the better team. They've got probably had better, better. Sort of territorial advantage, if you like. I hesitate to use the word possession, um, but they've, they've, you know, they've they've pressed, you know, the issue a little bit more than Peterborough have. But uh, you know, you you must wonder whether the game next week's on on the players' minds, where they don't want to exert themselves too much ahead of what you know is another huge huge match for them in the FA Cup. And at the moment, it's all equaling out to be a real turgid affair here. It's goalless, very
1: goalless. We'll be back in 15 minutes. In fact, we'll be back in about two seconds. Um, but we're going. Off for 15 minutes,
2: someone's just brought a skip onto the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's
1: the highlight of the afternoon. A joke well, let's not. be honest Peterborough United nil, Bradford City nil at the break. You're listening to We Are Going Up. And we're underway we're back second half Peterborough nil Bradford City nil so a few uh, interesting developments at half time first thing you were correct to go for your pie early because it's a ridiculous queue so my food voucher is going wasted secondly the girls in front of us were the Peterborough United cheerleading squad and performed a montage of uh, current hits in the centre circle and thirdly what was going on with the mascots
2: and the half time competition well we've already mentioned Peterborough the rabbit um, the sponsors um, mascot who is what Mick George building supplies who looks like Bob the Builder yeah. uh, and they were joined ludicrously at half time on the pitch by um, the the A-backs mascot which was just a, a big letter A with like legs and obviously a man's legs and arms sticking out of it just running around the pitch and shaking the fans of the, uh, the hands of the fans and they had a very technical half time game yeah um, lump it into a skip which I mean the players be bloody good at it that's for sure um, yeah two people had to stand on the halfway line try and get the ball into it into oh! A... oh my days we nearly had some drama Jordan Pickford the Bradford
1: goalkeeper has smacked the ball against Carl Vassell and it's just rebounded wide that's the most exciting moment of the game so far it is. Um, and sorry and the final bit of halftime news is something you found in the program
2: yeah I've just been leafing through the, uh, the Peterborough United program and I've happened upon a feature that they have uh, called are you smarter than a 10 year old this week's contestant Aaron McLean, the um, Bradford City striker, it should be said, on loan at his old club, Peterborough. So there's like actually one of the Peter, he's also on the coaching staff now. So one of the Bradford players is he's coaching Peter. Bro. <laughs> yeah, ridiculous, isn't it? Um, but he got six out of ten on, the, on these questions. So I'm just going to ask you some questions now. Yep, uh, Nothing's going on. Right, so uh, six out of ten. The first one, they're multiple choice, so don't worry. Um, the rain in Spain falls mainly on the plain. Is an example of A, assonance, B, personification, C, metaphor, or D, alliteration?
1: Can I have the options again, please?
2: Assonance, personification, metaphor or alliteration?
1: Uh, Oh, hang on. Buy me a bit of time here, there might be a goal. I'm going to go
2: for personification. That's wrong. Uh, Aaron McLean went for alliteration, which definitely definitely not. Um, The answer is assonance. uh, Damn. Composed a seven movement orchestral piece, The Planets. A. Noel, Luke, B. Beethoven, C. Holst, or D. Mozart. God, uh, I'm going to go for C. You've gone for
1: you've gone for C. Ooh, long range effort from Boswick just gone wide.
2: Holst, and you'd be correct. Yes. <laughs> Come on. And finally, you should get this one. Which city was the second city to be targeted by an atomic bomb at the end of World War Two? A. Tokyo. B. Nagasaki. C. Hiroshima. Or D. Fukushima. The second city. Mm-hmm, yeah. Why should I get this? Because I've been there. Yeah, you were only there a few months ago.
1: I know, but like, I think Hiroshima was the first, so I, I'm going to go f- Fukushima.
2: Incorrect, it was Nagasaki. <laughs> oh,
1: no. I'm so am I smarter than a 10 year old? No, you're not smarter than a 10 year old, nor Aaron McLean. Oh no. Ball on the edge of the area. They want a free kick. They're going to get a free kick for a foul on Luke James. No, this is an opportunity. Get a good ball in from a dead ball. Big men are up from the back. Santos and Zakawani both going forward. Flows into the back post. This is a chance. Oh, the... oh, it's in the net! They've scored! It's in the back of the net. Peterborough United take the lead. John Taylor's ball in and it's Ricardo Santos doing a little samba dance in the far corner it was an almighty scramble I've got to say that Jordan Pickford didn't cover himself in glory the Bradford goalkeeper he came out for it tried to punch it and I don't think he made any connection the ball has just hit Santos and trickled over the line and listen to them behind the goal there's noise at London Road that's the goal that they needed to lift them CC
2: your thoughts well just what you said get a good ball in big lads up from the back and then it's gone in I mean that's what you've been needing this is the first real bit of quality like you said it it probably was a bit of an error from the keeper as well but the ball was there to put him under pressure and he couldn't deal with it and they get the lead they don't deserve it at all but they've got a lead now so they they can try and hang on to it and try and build
1: fans are not happy they want they want a foul given against Davis. there. He's back on his feet. James is half down. Oh, no, they winner want a penalty for that. Not being given. Ball has struck Sheehan, I think it is, on the arm. In fact, yeah, it is Alan Sheehan. It's just struck him on the right arm. And the home fans want a penalty. He was directly in line with
2: the assistant referee, but he's not given it. No, Leisman's flag did not go up to his chest. The penalty was not given. The referee couldn't have seen it from there. The referee was... In the centre of the pitch, Sheehan had his back to him, but I mean it was fired in. Sheehan's arms weren't up, they were down by his side, and this hit him high on the arm. I think that would have been very harsh, to be honest with you, if that had been a penalty. But well, at least the game's come to life a bit, hasn't
1: it? Oh, celebrations to the left of me. Something's happened to Ellen Road, I feel.
2: Two-two. Vidron on the hour mark. Get in. Come on.
1: Season back on. You tell me the season was over a few minutes ago. Can
2: I say, by the way, this Bradford
1: team won at Stamford Bridge.
2: <laughs> I know it's ridiculous. I tell Because Mark Yates scored the fourth goal that day, didn't he? He did. Watford legend. Uh, not exactly. I mean, no. <laughs> not quite a Watford legend, and far from it. But a player that had a couple of nice moments in his in his Watford career, uh, and a player that I've got a lot of time for. Well, oh, that's a great ball. He's going to be. Oh!
1: Fizzed across by John Taylor from the right wing, Luke James went in. Was he being held back there by Mcardle? Referee said no. Bradford on the counter.
2: Ben Akin has just uh, rolled the ball out to Kosi and Clay, the uh, the Peterborough left back, and it's the first time I think I've seen either goalkeeper distribute it to the feet of a defender. In the entire match, and uh, both of them have just been whacking it. You know, sometimes to each other, or just straight out of play. Uh, but Peterborough, you know, they've got the goal, and they are looking a little bit more confident, aren't they? When they get the ball, they are trying here and there just to find that extra pass.
1: They've definitely had more territory in the second half than in the first half. I think narrowly, probably deserved to be in the lead. Oh, good ball, Clark into the area, close to the byline, onto his left foot. Calls it back. It's Halliday on the volley. Oh, what a chance!
2: What a chance! Just gone through with his left foot there. Sort of tried to volley it on the outside of his left foot, and he's ended up scooping it over the bar. Whereas maybe, maybe if he'd gone with it for his right. That would have been the better, the better option. But really good approach play from Bradford um, from Bradford there. I turned into a local there. <laughs> Good <laughs> approach play from Bradford
1: <laughs> Clark again with a good ball in and um, you've got to remember Halliday arrived in a similar position at Stamford Bridge to score with his right foot that was on his left though and he snatched at it a bit yeah Beautyman goes back wide Harry Anderson's cross is deflected Bradford going to clear it. oh that looks like a penalty it is a penalty it's handballed by Billy Knott he's not really complaining Stephen Darby is given. Mr. Horwood a bit of an earful a couple of Bradford players I can see McCardle over there having a word penalty or not
2: similar to that one from before really wasn't it it was fired in there from quite quite close to distance maybe the arm was up this time though I'm not sure. I'm. All, I always think in those circumstances I don't like to see penalties given for the, for that sort of incident. Did you notice that there's a change of penalty taker?
1: John Taylor was going to take that penalty, and it's now Michael Boswick, who, um, judging on by his performance so far, isn't going to slot this coolly in. He is going to absolutely smash this. Pickford is about a yard behind his goal line, bouncing up and down in the centre of the goal. This to probably win it for Peter Boswick scores. <laughs> down the middle and then he smashes it into the stand Peterborough 2 Bradford City 0 you think that's game set and match and a win for Posh in their first game since the sacking of Darren Ferguson DC takes a couple of snaps 2-0 to Peterborough good penalty
2: yeah excellent made no mistakes smashed it low and hard keeper went the wrong way in it went and listen to London Road bounce now
1: They're singing it. Taking They're
2: them, singing our chan! taking them long enough, but they finally got round to it.
1: Uh, not very loud though. Come on. Here we go. That's the way we like it. We like it. Oh no. Oh, that's the way we like it. Right. No. <laughs> now. <laughs> like it, we like it, we like it. Whoa, whoa.
2: Is a bad shout for man of the match. Actually, he's he's dealt with the aerial bombardment that Bradford have delivered pretty well. He's got his head to a, a lot of the long balls, contested well with Stead, and and he did score the opening goal of the game. Now I believe, Mark, when when that ball went in amongst a cluster of Peterborough players at the back post, you thought it was Santos because of his Brazilian samba-style uh, celebration. I did.
1: You know, they're both big big units let's let's be honest and it looked to me like Santos had got the final touch obviously I'm wrong so that's not going on my highlights reel <laughs> uh, but thankfully for us there was a second goal so we can all forget about it and it's 2-0, I definitely got the second one right yeah. just about <laughs> that's it, final whistle is just blown and Peterborough beating Bradford by two goals to nil you just said to me off there there that they
2: needed to win no matter how they did and they have one. Absolutely, it wasn't pretty. It was a very very poor game really, but Peterborough got two goals in the second half. It's given them the points. Uh, you know, one from a set piece, one from a penalty, and they was you know they didn't really have any clear cut goalscoring chances did they in in the normal in normal play? But they took the two chances they did got from the set pieces and they, they've got a really important three points because you know there's a lot of fans that will go home pleased now at London Road not with the style of football shown, show, not with the performance but with the result and that's what they need and then they can start to build now and try and get a bit of momentum. Disappointing from Bradford though. Absolutely, yeah, they didn't really have, like I said a few times, I think they were better really than, 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 they, than they showed. They have got some good players for this level maybe the next week's on their mind, I'm not sure but they seem very in a few of those players, some to their knees at the end there and sitting in the centre circle with their head in their hands like it was, you know, like they'd lost the quarter final. they looked very disappointed and rightly so, the league is the most important thing really at the end of the day and they've got to take it seriously, yeah See you mate
1: Our our fan just in front of us is uh, bidding us farewell and here come the uh, Peterborough fans chanting behind the goal The players take the applause as they walk off. Bradford are going to have to be a lot better next Saturday, aren't they?
2: Absolutely. They're going to need to show more variation. They're going to need to do more than just hit it long to Big John's dead. They're going to need to, you know, defend a bit better. need to attack better. And they're going to need to be better against a Reading side who have a lot more quality
1: than Peterborough do. Final score here at London Road, then the a Stadium. Peterborough United 2, Bradford City 0. We are going up on the road. So it's all smiles then. We're just wandering past some Peterborough fans outside the ground all leaving very happy after that 2-0 win against Bradford. You're happy because Watford came from 2-0 down to win? Yep, delighted. And I'm happy because we, we won 2-0 at Plymouth. We're only one point off automatic promotion now, mate. More on that in a second. Um, first, though, let's get some reaction to the uh, the League One game we've seen this afternoon. Peterborough with that important three points, 2-0 victory against Bradford. You've now got a game against Crawley on Tuesday before uh, the big game against Reading, which is coming up in the FA Cup next weekend. First, though, you're going to hear from the Peterborough United caretaker manager, Dave Robertson, who is uh, understandably delighted with his side's performance this afternoon.
9: It's one game at a time. Um, it's a good start here against Bradford a strong Bradford side I'd like to wish them and the, all of their staff the best of luck in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup next week um, but we now need to focus on ourselves and get ready for Sheffield United me and the staff will be doing that in our team meeting tomorrow um, and the players will be back in on Monday after their recovery session tomorrow ready to, to get on the training ground and, and work hard again and if they do that then we can't ask any more of them I
5: mm-hmm. saw so the chairman tweeted just happy faces that's, that's all he, he tweeted which shows how he's feeling about today? Have you spoken to him
9: yet? Yeah? Well, he might have seen my smile, I think, after the game. But, uh, yeah, I have spoken to the chairman. Listen, obviously, it's a, it's a great result. And we're taking things one step at a time. And- we'll just be moving forward. your hat's in the ring though isn't it and this will only enhance your claims this result well I think I threw my hat massively in the ring early on in the week I, uh, I said that I want the job um, I, I feel, feel that um, I've brought a real passion pride commitment to the football club and that really has rubbed off on the players and the players have rubbed on, off on the fans today and to get London Road bouncing like this uh, listen for me in itself um, as a person who absolutely loves this football club and is passionate about this football club couldn't be any better. And that in itself is an achievement, but we have to continue to do that. It can't just be for one game.
1: Regardless of what happens with the manager's job, what do you think a realistic target has got to be for Peterborough from now to the end of the season?
9: Um, I think realistically, uh, we need to keep continuing to, um, to progress and develop the style of play. As the style of play, listen, that's right, for the, that's right for the supporters and right for the football club. Uh, we need to make sure that we continue um, picking up momentum uh, with results and performances, and if we do that, we'll start to we'll start to grow. Listen, it's one game at a time, but for me, there's no limits on what can be achieved. And
1: was the way you played today more the style you think you know you want to see Peter playing?
9: Yes, definitely. And with um and with more players of uh, back available for selection, I, I feel that we can only we can only get better. So, um yeah, it is a start. It is a style of play that I want. I would like to be a little bit more attacking at times. Uh, we spoke to the players at time and them to be confident enough to play as well and they'll, they'll learn and they'll pick that up because they're, they're, a, they're a good group of players.
1: That was Dave Robertson, Peterborough's caretaker manager, talking to us after that 2-0 win against Bradford. Now here's the Bantams boss, Phil Parkinson, who felt that his side didn't get the rub of the green today.
8: I mean, I thought we were right in the game. First half, thought our approach was good in difficult conditions. Um, the refs gave a very dubious free kick, which we should have defended better, but it was a scrappy goal. Kind of summed up a scrappy game up to that point, um, and then we we're right back in it looking to get the equaliser. and, and The refs give a soft one of the softest penalty decisions I've seen in a long time, you know. But we've got to pick ourselves up. We've had two defeats, which we've had a terrific record away from home, and we've got to pick ourselves up. We've got a home game on Tuesday and um, come out all guns blazing.
1: How do you explain? I mean, you've had a couple of massive wins recently, yeah. and then you've obviously struggled this week. How do you mm-hmm. sort of explain? beating Chelsea and Sunderland and then struggling against Swindon
8: and people? Um, I mean, obviously, we're missing key players at the moment and I think, you know, any team like us to, to miss key players, it, it does hinder you slightly. And, um, you know, Swindon, we weren't our best but then performed tremendously well in the second period, deserved to get a draw. And today in a very scrappy game, um, you know, both teams, the goal, which gave them a physical and mental lift, really, you know, in, in the game, which was, there was very little in it, obviously, after that. You know, we had to go and chase the game and opened up. Um, and we're always slightly vulnerable to the counter-attack, but, you know, there, there was nothing in the game today. Why do you think you struggled to create
1: clear-cut chances? To...
8: Um, I just think we just lacked that bit of quality today. Um, you know, not we had it on the pitch, but we just kind of took the extra touch in the second half and we should have got a shot away quickly. Um, you know, just you know, football is about, obviously, the the effort and the endeavour. Um, which was there. But on top of that, you know, that we've got quality players who, who we didn't quite produce when it really mattered. And obviously you've got three games in a week and the most important one is the you know, arguably
1: the final game. Are you envisaging changes on Tuesday or do you I think, think you... Yeah, I
8: mean we've got we've got Hansen back, should be back by, by Tuesday and he's a big player for us, you know. I mean listen, perhaps if we didn't have the week ahead we might have played him today, but you know, we've decided to be cautious with him. And um, he, he's, he's had a good rest now. Three games he's missed, and he'll be ready.
1: So, a big week coming up for Bradford then with that game against Crawley in the league before the clash live on the telly on BT next Saturday lunchtime against Reading in the FA Cup quarter-final DC you are itching to talk to me about Watford getting closer to the top three we've got the big derby game coming up on Sunday which you'll probably know the result of by the time you hear this Ipswich and Norwich uh, going head-to-head Is that, I think it's Carrow Road that actually isn't it tomorrow so Norwich against Ipswich results though very interesting at
2: the top of the table today absolutely uh, a great day for Watford 2-0 down in the first half come back to win 3-2 at Ellen Road Vidra coming uh, I don't know whether he started or not he's not been starting lately but he scored two scored two goals in the second half to give us a 3-2 win Derby lost 2-0 at Fulham Sheffield Wednesday beat Middlesbrough 2-0 Bournemouth could only draw 0-0 with Blackburn Brentford lost as well today and of course, uh, Ipswich play Norwich tomorrow. So I suppose be home for, I'd be hoping for a draw in that one. Uh, all of that means that Watford go now one point behind Middlesbrough in second and only, I think, two points off the top. So we are right back in the automatic promotion race as it stands. And it's a a really important win. We've, uh, I believe, we certainly were a few weeks ago, and I imagine we probably still are, the team with the best record in the division uh, coming back from losing positions. And we've done that again today.
1: Forest flying though, they won again at Reading today, uh, making it uh, six games unbeaten, including five wins since Dougie Freeman's gone in there. I reckon there'll probably be about eight to 10 points I reckon off
2: the playoffs now? Yeah, do you reckon won today? Do you reckon there's any chance that they could squeeze in the top six still? Surely they can't. I think it'll be a bit beyond them. Not I mean, they're playing well and they've they've got some momentum now, but I just think the, the top eight, you know, are a little bit too far away, perhaps. I mean maybe there'd be one spot left at the end. Uh, for someone to squeeze into. But you know, Wolves, Wolves won again today. Norwich have been playing so well lately. I know Brentford lost today, but I still think they could be you know, right there for that sixth spot. So I think it'd be really hard for, for Friedman to, to do it. It might be another last day sort of heartbreak as he experienced a few years ago uh, with Bolton.
1: Indeed. Um, in League One today, Bristol City back to winning ways against Rochdale. MK Dons beaten by Coventry, I, I think. That's what we were overhearing in the press room at the end. Coventry were down the relegation zone and they sacked Stephen Presley. Uh, this week which was um, well you couldn't have seen that coming a while back because we walked past the local Yateses um, you couldn't have seen that coming a while
2: back could you uh, no but I mean yeah, the results haven't been good enough really I suppose this season and the, the division has. We and if they have one today that justifies the change yeah uh, Dave Hockaday is one of the two guys I think taking care of the, uh, of the, of the proceedings in the interim which is a uh, <laughs> a return Indeed. Uh, for him, an unexpected return perhaps, but yeah, they've got a to win today, uh, yeah, it's a good result for them.
1: And another managerial change in League One, uh, Danny Wilson uh, leaving Barnsley and being replaced by Lee Johnson and that's Oldham's Lee Johnson, Oldham much higher in the table than Barnsley. Interesting change that and Paul Scholes now linked with a vacancy at Boundary Park. Very interesting.
2: I, I, I mean, if Paul Scholes become Oldham manager, that'd be that'd be amazing. I don't know whether he will because... Uh, I mean one of the reasons that, um, that that Johnson left Barnsley I'm led to believe is because his wages have been doubled instantly overnight. I think there's a bigger infrastructure at Barnsley. He'll have more money to spend on you know on, on players than than he did at Oldham and I I think although Oldham are doing better than Barnsley this season. I think long term the potential is there for Barnsley to be a, a more stable club higher up the leagues than Oldham. Big win
1: today for Leighton Orient as well. They are the big winners I would say down at the bottom. In League 2, well I've got to be honest I haven't checked the other scores at the top because um, I was sort of doing those interviews but Burton certainly were losing at home to Newport. Um, I think Northampton were winning. This, it was really tight up there but we're up to, you show me the table, I think we're up to 6th are we? Yep. Uh, we a good 2-0 win away at Plymouth today and the big news for us this week we hinted at earlier is the move to the Manchester City Carrington training ground uh,
2: which is uh, amazing really quite how we pulled that off it is really important I think for, for a club like Bury uh, it's a massive massive deal for you to be moving into what was uh, the training ground of the Premier League champions last season uh, it's state of the art facilities they obviously moved on to an even better training ground now that new complex up at up outside the stadium but um, I would look at it similar to how Watford moved into Arsenal's old training ground when they did the same thing and upgraded like Man City did about probably about 10, 15 years ago now. And it makes it so much easier to attract players. And also, when you're getting loan players from Premier League clubs or Championship clubs, managers there will feel more comfortable in loaning players out to you because they know their players are going to be treated you know, well in a good environment. The
1: pictures are just incredible. Go and have a look at those if you uh, haven't seen them as the wind blows blimey in our face on the walk back to the train station. Um, really tight at the top. You'll be cheering us on on Tuesday. We've got Luton at home. That is a huge game. Magnificent we'll win today. Good. That's it. You've got the accent sorted. A um, few bits and bobs just to finish. A reminder, if you go to the website, wearegoingup.co.uk at the minute, listen to that wind, you can get a free month of the football pools. Uh, right now, if you sign up correctly, identify eight out of 10 results correct to the weekend. Win yourself loads of cash. Also, if you click on the Paddy Power Offer on the homepage, you can sign up there. If you bet a fiver, you get a free 20-quid bet. And thanks to Audible, you can download any audio book you want. There's so many, hundreds of thousands to pick from. You've got a long journey or a flight coming up. Audible.co.uk slash goingup is where you need to go uh, the Twitter is at Wagyu Podcast you can find us there the Facebook page is uh, facebook.com slash Wagyu Podcast the Instagram of all the pictures of today including the picture of us with um, what was he called Peter Burrow, is that Pete the one? Burrow. Peter Burrow uh, you can find that instagram.com slash Wagyu Podcast and the website is wearegoingup.co.uk and DC tomorrow there is go- are <laughs> we going the wrong way here <laughs> as usual uh, tomorrow on Monday so you might have downloaded this be listen to this Monday morning on your way to work there's going to be a bumper podcast another where well, we Fingers crossed it's going to be another one. Another little mini Peterborough one with... Adrian Durham. Talk Sports, very own big Peterborough fan, um, who has applied for the job, I believe.
2: (laughs) He has, yeah. Those of you that read Adrian's uh, column in the the Daily Mail online every Tuesday will have seen last week that he has applied... or at least is saying that he's applied for the Peterborough uh, United manager's job. And, and it wasn't just one of those, when I saw the headline, I thought, well, <laughs> oh, you know, here we go again, someone sends in a jokey application gag. We've seen it all too many times. But he actually, I mean, there is some tongue-in-cheek to it, but he actually did quite seriously... Lay out how he would, you know, what he would do tactically, how he would speak to the players, how he would get over the problem of him not being a footballer or not having any track record as a as a player or coach or anything. So it was just quite an interesting way to come at come at it. He does know the chairman quite well and, and Barry Fry and all that. So who knows? Well, we will talk to him about that. Hopefully, you'll be able to download that on Monday afternoon.
1: Uh, but from Peterborough, we're 50 yards away from the rail, railway station. Just an, an overall
2: final thought on the day in the game. I've enjoyed the day but not the game (laughs) I can't say I enjoyed the game but I I was pleased seeing Dave Robertson speak to to you there uh, uh, speak to you at the end I I was pleased with him he seems like a good guy seems like he's worked hard and worked for a long time to, uh, to get to this position. He seems like he really wants to try and make a go of it and try and get that job full time. And uh, good luck to him. I don't think he'll get it, but, but good luck to him. And uh, it was the start of moving forward today for Peterborough United.
1: Oh, I think we're about to get run over it. No, we're not. It's all fine. Good. We will live have for another podcast. It? Have you enjoyed it? I have enjoyed it, especially our little friend, our new friend who gave us a donut.
2: An excellent man. He Great gave man. me a donut, shook my hand at the end. Great man.
1: And raised an eyebrow at the cheerleaders. Um, that's it. Thanks for listening. We'll speak to you next time on We Are Going Up. We're off to get This is the We Are Going Up podcast. We've
8: got the Football League covered.